All right, class. Settle down. Settle down. There's an amateur theater group rehearsing stomp in my skull today. So I'm going to put a video on, close my eyes, and do my best to imagine none of us are here. von Goethe once said, if you see a great master, you will always find that he used what was good in his predecessors and that it was this which made him great. I thought this quote applied to today's film until I was assured by the last line of the movie that any similarity it bears on anything was a one in a million accident. In the following essay, we will be exploring the film Strike Commando, directed by Italian schlock virtuoso Bruno Mattai and released, like all great films, over several years, under filmmaker aliases and using a couple different titles. Strike Commando stars inimitable chunkhead Red Brown as Sergeant Michael Ransom. After a mission to blow up a Viet Cong base leaves Ransom stranded in war-torn Vietnam, he has to shoot his way to a helicopter rescue and protect the Vietnamese villagers and French drunkard who saved his life. While totally failing that second part, Ransom gets away with the help of his superior officer and number one superfan, Major Harriman, who goes against the orders of Raddick, an Air Force colonel inexplicably in charge of everyone. Ransom brings Raddick proof that Soviet Union officers are working with the Viet Cong, so Raddick sends Ransom back behind enemy lines with a camera to get more proof. Finding the entire village slaughtered at the hands of Russian villain Jakoda, Ransom is quickly captured and tortured. When forced to broadcast a message of defeat to American troops, Ransom grips the microphone, screams a message of defiance, then grabs the hot Russian babe and bolts. The viewer is then treated to a ballet of bullet play and some of the finest use of grenades ever put to celluloid as Ransom single-handedly kills the entire VC army, Navy, Jakoda, Jakoda again, and then confronts <laughs> the traitorous Colonel Raddick by shooting up his office with an M60, bullet belt wrapped around his bulging bicep. And if you think this at all sounds like Rambo First Blood Part 2, which came out the year earlier, then you haven't been paying attention. That was an accident. <laughs> Class, I give you Strike Commando. Uh, I guess I'll take the roll. Uh, so let's first, uh, Greg Hansen. Yes. Yeah, I'm awake. <laughs> uh, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, here. Uh, Casey Regan, present. And Josh Roth. Sorry, what? I, I was uh, killing Jakota. <laughs> Jakota! Josh! Jakota! 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 Jakota
you, you think that's going to be the only time I yell Dakota during the recording of this? You are mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I where does one start with Strike Commando? I would, I would I, like to, I'd, I'd oh. just like to say, um, I come from this, from the very unique perspective of having seen no Rambo movies ever in my life. So Ooh. truly, Strike Commando, I guess, is my Rambo now. Oh, God. It's the first one. This was the first blood for it James. Was the first blood. Yeah, this was my first blood. I, I think you can. I think you might. You can miss it. Because <laughs> you really do get it in this movie. Like this movie, the plot of First Blood Part Two begins. Uh, like when Ransom gets sent back to Vietnam with the the camera, the one thirty five millimeter camera. <laughs> that is the standard the plot... issue. Your standard issue commando strike commando camera. Yep, yep. Buy all our playsets and toys. <laughs> it like just steals the plot from First Blood Part Two. Okay. Everything that happened before is its own movie. Like the strike commando. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Like the first scene is a more interesting movie than the rest of the movie. It like oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like there's the guy, there's the crossbow guy. The crossbow guy. I wish crossbow guy had lived because killing a guy uh playing mahjong with a crossbow is like I wrote it down on my death highlights for this movie. <laughs> oh, that crossbow is so OP. It's the perfect spy weapon, right? Silent. <laughs> Silent. Deadly. <laughs> Limited ammo. <laughs> right. Slow to reload. <laughs> Mahjong competitor gets killed by just getting like pushed over the table by the other guy, implying to me super strength. So we had the super strong guy, we had yeah. crossbow guy, and then we and then we got ransom. Yeah. Was ransom the one that threw the knife? Un unclear. It my was very favorite dark. kill. On he that does continue scene. to do that throughout the rest of the movie. Right, so that's so, gotta be his move. Yeah, that seems like I think that's a fair assumption. I would like to point out that the knife in the back screen direction is thrown left to right, and it hits right to left. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a couple. Of there are a couple punches that land in the opposite direction. Who needs screen direction? I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's on purpose. I think it's meant to sell us the message that war is hell. It's confusing. Uh, you never know where your knife is going to land or come from. Yeah. Exactly. Can someone tell me what the mission was? Because it seemed like from how many explosives went off, it seemed like that was like pre-wired. Because this commander, he did not care when he blew up this thing, whether they were there or not. Like, why did they need to go in? What I were they doing? See them. Did they place explosives? I, I don't did not know. see them place explosives. They placed one. <laughs> they put like one thing of plastic in one area. Okay. Oh, and the whole building went up like Chernobyl. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, not the whole building. The whole friggin' compound. Everything blew up. And I and I was think I was thinking the same thing. I was like, did I miss something here? Because they came in ostensibly the 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 way that they say it, the depot at all costs. Remember. At all costs. At any, any cost. cost. So I guess they were trying to take the depot. But ostensibly, if they didn't care about any of the people or the things there, why didn't they just bomb it? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, why send in the strike commandos to wire it up? I mean, like, I we, we know because, the you know, Radic is a, is a bad guy. But, but like, 
in the context, if you are any other officer yeah. <laughs> who has to also greet light these types of things, it doesn't just go to one person. They... Colonel, I, uh, I would like to uh, present my plan for the uh, destruction of this compound. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, I see here you want to send in the strike <laughs> <What>? commandos. <laughs> yes, I would like to send in all of our strike commandos every Single one. Yeah, all three Plus. of them. All three of them. All three. Uh, why don't we just bomb it with our planes that we have many of and many bombs? Uh, the reason is because our command officers will be so close. They're, we're going to send the command to be on a hill overlooking the mission. Uh, my apologies. I approve this mission. Fully. I am unclear as to who set up the rest of the explosives <laughs> in, in everywhere. No less than 15 buildings exploded in this mission. Some of them three times. Oh, the triple cuts. Yeah, it's... It, I, I think the answer to that question of who set up the explosives is people in another movie because I learned <laughs> that, that it, all those explosive shots were reused explosion shots from other Bruno Mattai movies. No. No way. <laughs> no he way. Was I'm that surprised. In Robo War as well. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's beautiful. The, he's oh. the great. He's the king. At all costs. I am unfamiliar with this man's work. We'll catch you up. But I am familiar. With the star's work, I would like to point out that the star, Reb Brown, who I initially read as Red Brown and was very excited, is also from my personal favorite Mystery Science Theater episode, Space Mutiny, as Blast Hard Cheese, Slab Bulkhead, Fridge Large Meats, Haunt Speed Junk, Butch Deadlift, Big McLarge Huge himself. <laughs> yeah, he's... Truly a legend. And the most boring action star I've maybe <laughs> ever watched. Wow. <laughs> wow. Them's funny how, words. How dare you? I, know. I need you to take that back immediately. Like, there's just. He's your Rambo. <laughs> he is my Rambo. <laughs> he's, but... he's your ransom boat. It's just you look at him and he kind of just doesn't do anything for you. Like, wow. He's just like. I think you should speak for yourself here. <laughs> I don't know. He screams a lot. He does scream a yeah, lot. He's very he's good at screaming. He's got a great scream. Yep. The power of Red Brown is not necessarily physical, though he is an imposing honk of meat. <laughs> he has this scream that cuts through all other audio waves. Like, yes, it does. <laughs> he's the of... black canary of action movies. <laughs> Shoot you bastard! There's like a lot of dubbing in this movie, which I imagine is to account for language barrier and things like that, as with most uh, B-movies. But I think when they overdub Red Brown, it's because his like, octave reached such that the like recordist couldn't capture it. They needed to like get it later. Because it like, doesn't matter what explosion's going off, it, like, his scream hits somewhere in the back of my skull. <laughs> It yeah. reverberates. It's like a it's like a, a shot from a gun point blank right into your temple. So a, a a bit of history of Italian cinema. They did not shoot sync sound until the mid nineties. Mm. Oh. That Ever. blew my mind when I first heard that. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> Every single movie, right? They do not shoot sync sound. That is that's a thing that is absurdly new to the Italian film industry. Guys, is every what? single of these Italian beat movies a bad lip read? 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh my god. It's just so much work. Welcome yeah. to the club, guys. There's a lot there's a there's a whole wasteland of shit for you oh guys god. now. <laughs> I feel like we've opened the door. Yeah, you've changed my whole life. And they used to shoot especially B-movies, they would cast actors who were famous in different countries or, or who were from different countries. Obviously, Red Brown is, is American. Obviously. Yep. A lot of people in this are American, like Christopher Connolly, um, I believe is American or at least British. But <laughs> the other American, they would often have Spanish actors and they'd have German actors like Klaus Kinski would be in stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone would always speak in their native language. They would say their own lines in whatever mm -hmm. language they spoke. So if you were a Spanish speaker, you would have lines in Spanish you would be overdubbed into English for the international market. <laughs> but it means that actors on set do not necessarily understand what the other person is saying. <laughs> That's interesting. It's, uh, you know, that the actor who played Jakoda was actually from uh, the video game Final Fight. What? That's where he was born. Oh <laughs> and he jumped into our world much yeah. like uh, action... Uh, Oh, the last, last action, action, oh, last action, action hero. Last action okay. hero, thank you. Very similar. Except it <laughs> happened when someone spilled a creatine shake on one of the final <laughs> fight cabinets. That's how Dakota came into our world. But we, so yeah, so first mission happens. We lose uh, the other members of Strike Command. <laughs> it is called Strike Command Doe, not yeah. Strike Command Doe. Do. Like, you should have seen it coming oh. quick. Exactly. Point taken. So we lose all yep, the other yep, members yep. of Strike Commandos. <laughs> Uh, and crossbow guy, we barely knew you. It's the beginning where we see that this Radic guy, he he doesn't. He, he, is he on our side? Whose side is he? Like no, 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 no. no. Minute one, he's he's just like he's like Let's we're blow gonna blow it up. it up a minute early. Like we're like in the first minute, it's like that guy's bad. That guy's definitely yep. bad. He is. There's no question about it. Like I know. I just wrote down this guy is really anxious to kill all his men and is just a dick. <laughs> right. They were so excited to uh, blow up their men that the guy on the explosive plunger is like ready to push it before they've hooked up the explosives. Like they yeah. nothing to explode yet. Did anybody else love the slide whistle sound effect yes. that was used for the plunger? When I when I kill a lot of people, I like some whimsy to be yeah. behind it. Yeah, you gotta find the fun where you can in yeah. wartime. I I have. I don't know about you guys. I have pages of unintelligible notes going on here. <laughs> oh, mine are flawless. Yeah. I mean, I did write Jakota in big words, and that takes up about half my page, so. <laughs> That's fair. I, I sort of went the other way where at a certain point, and that certain point was when he is screaming Jakota and shooting at the empty yes. village <laughs> that I, my notes really fall off because yeah. <laughs> I was just a little boy staring at a movie yeah. <laughs> telling it he loves it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ransom is blown into uh, a river and then is found by a small boy. The relationship <laughs> with which becomes is the heart and soul of the movie. As far as I, I, I wrote that down. That, uh, that really, this movie is about the love between a man and a Vietnamese young boy. Which, and the theme park uh, that neither of them have ever been to. <laughs> that man 
that has not been to Disney World in his damn No one who made this movie has been to Disneyland. But the first one told me about a wonderful place where Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck live. Disneyland. Yeah, popcorn and ice cream growing on trees. A kid can get all the ice cream and candy he wants. Mmm. Anything you want can be granted to you by the genie from the magic lamp. I'm here to serve you, little master. Command that I will obey. <laughs> the fact that that was reprised when he was when when Lao was dying killed me. Well, it killed Lao. Uh, tell me about the rabbits, George. Tell me about the rabbits. He meets this Vietnamese village that was based around a, fe- a French mission started by Father Francois. <laughs> Do we, we never meet? We never meet. No, he's never dead. meet. Um, no, Father Francois is an early victim of Dakota, who yeah. we who we never meet. Uh, I believe his last name was Baguette. I believe his full name was Francois Eiffel Tower Baguette. <laughs> Do, do we think that the phrase white savior comes from this movie? Because rarely does a movie just come out and call a character the white savior, but this one does. I, I found something kind of interesting, offensive, yes, but also interesting in a village that was built around a, like, French religious imperial mission all in whiteface, saying yeah. the American is here, we're saved. The moment when he woke up screaming in a hut. And all of the villagers are standing there going, America, America, like they were about to watch the Kumite. They're like, America, America, for so long, for minutes. I want to talk about that wake up moment because it, 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 I think that like it was the greatest editing choice because he wakes up, he screams. A, a, a man screams, a boy screams, a monkey screams, and then he screams and falls out. Like, it was the greatest bit of, like, comedy, bit of, like, film editing comedy. Yeah. I thought it was legitimately funny. Yeah. It, it was genuinely very funny, and I thought it was brilliant until it was pointed out to me that that is a shot-for-shot shot stolen from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome when he no. wakes up. Yeah, when no. when, Matt, when Max wakes up with the kids <laughs> in the kid village, oh he God. screams, a kid screams, a monkey screams, monkey he falls out and is hanging by his legs. So you can't give them any credit for nope. anything. Wow. All right. Oh I rescind, rescind my compliment. But so, yeah, so so he wakes up in this village uh, surrounded by Vietnamese civilians in whiteface who are chanting for the American, and then they push a Viet Cong soldier in front of him, ask him to slaughter this Viet Cong soldier. He refuses. They kill him and are immediately bummed out by him being... He says, like, no, I don't want to kill a, a prisoner of war. And they're like, well, you're lame then. Forget about you. <laughs> we'll do it ourselves. You can't choose your white savior. Hollywood chooses it for you. Guys. Absolutely. Is, <laughs> is there a death of a white savior message in this movie? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also can save literally no one. Like, there is no one in this movie that he is responsible for saving the life of. No one. Huh. 
Yeah. Ransom <laughs> wow. decides to take 20 of the villagers with him to rescue. He's trying. <laughs> he's trying. This, he's like the movie. He's, he's just trying. trying. <laughs> he's, he's doing his best, guys. Which is my favorite cut in the movie because I don't know if it's the worst cut or the best cut I've ever seen where they're standing on the bridge and it's slowly zooming in on him when he says, the old and sick are going to have to stay behind. Then it zooms out and they're in a completely different place and he's finishing up the sentence. <laughs> And I was like, this is confusing, and I love it. <laughs> this movie wastes no time. No time. No time. I specifically wanted to talk about that with you, Jamie, as an editor, because it was like, that. it opens at least th- two scenes that way. Yeah. It opens at least two scenes on a close-up that seems like it's just a reverse shot from the previous scene, but then zooms out to realize you're in a different physical place, new scene is beginning. And I found that to be, like, brilliant. Yeah, no, it caught me off guard. It was their take, I think, on the, the Citizen Kane, Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year cut, you know? Like, it was like, we're just gonna bridge through a whole bunch of time and space this way. Seemingly, <laughs> what they are skipping is, like, 10 minutes to walk to <laughs> the other part of the village. Where he then says the same thing he was already saying before. So, like, they're like, I don't yeah. know, maybe you could have waited or... Uh, but he... So he takes these 20 <laughs> villagers with him to get to what he thinks will be rescue. Uh, and then some of them get murked. You, scout ahead. And don't get lost. <laughs> Damn. Don't get all of us now. Why is he the one in charge of leading them to begin with? The guy who does not live here is suddenly the one in charge of being like, this way! Like, it's definitely this way. Because he's American, Greg. Come on. (laughs) He floated there. He has no concept of how to traverse this on land. (laughs) Jamie, that's such a good point. Totally forgot. He's been unconscious floating. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he has no idea how to get back. He doesn't no know where idea. he is or where he's going. And he's the one just being like, come on, and just pushing people and yeah. pulling people and shit. The villagers seem to do plenty fine. Yeah. Like, Lao and the uh, cold blooded lady who shoots the prisoner. Like, they kick ass. Lau kills a guy with a slingshot. That's on my death count uh, highlights. Also, uh, uh, Frenchmen yelling, Bonjour, followed by a grenade. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the one-liners in this movie, because there's some fucking doozies. Ransom has more death catchphrases than McCavity and Cats, and yes, I'm throwing that out as a pander. There's he what at one point he comes out of the water and he kills and he grabs a guy and he says cuckoo was the best one. He uses the phrase ah shut up twice as a death catchphrase. The last time of course being when he kills Dakota by stuffing a grenade in his metal jaw. Oh uh, the greatest death scene maybe in the history of cinema but i think my favorite line before a death was as he's walking through the jungle a guy like pops up out of the bush and he goes ah shit <laughs> <laughs> he like bats him with a rifle and goes you scared the shit out of me <laughs> the most 
realistic part of the movie where I was like, maybe that wasn't even scripted. <laughs> yeah, Red Brown just like hit that Filipino extra with a gun. Shit out of me. Ransom returns to the village, finding all the villagers slain, uh, and also very evenly distributed across the floor. <laughs> and also could not afford a lot of blood. I wrote down very distastefully. This looks like Jonestown when he gets back. <laughs> like, that's how they're set up. It no, was... it did, because it, I, I, I wrote down it, they wanted even distribution, so they cooked evenly on all sides. Because <laughs> it was like, there was just a total carpet of dead bodies. Yeah. You know, for 20 bucks and, uh, you know, a couple of squibs. Yeah, sure. Oh, they ran out <laughs> yeah. of those squibs real fast. <laughs> You're right. Any, like, nobility he tries fails. Everyone he tries to protect dies. Yeah. Either through inaction or, like, throughout the movie, action trying to save people. They are killed. It, it, it leading to, at the end, he, like, has to shed all nobility and then just, like, straight up murk an office block in Manila. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so many international treaties broken. <laughs> Which we should devote the next twenty minutes of this to talking about the death of Lao. Oh boy. America, America, tell me about Disneyland. There's cotton candy, mountains of it, and chocolate milk, and it's And there's a genie, a magic genie, and he can't wait to grant your wishes. But there's not, not till 1994, man. That's there's no genie in Disneyland until 1994. Now, Lao, being a uh, small Vietnamese boy in an agricultural village, is forgiven for not knowing anything about Disneyland. But really, by naming Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse, he knows significantly more than Ransom. <laughs> I don't think Ransom knows what Disneyland he does not is. Know. He does not know. No idea. He his his biggest pitches are uh, there's cotton candy and popcorn in the trees, a well he continues to go back to. <laughs> No mention of any further characters. No mention of general location. <laughs> he doesn't even talk about meeting Mickey like, Mouse you, no. or Donald Duck, no. the people who live there. No. no, but there is a genie who's just waiting to grant all your wishes. Can't wait. Genie can't wait <laughs> to grant all your wishes. He's anxious Ooh, to grant your wishes. In, he's also he's also rewriting the lore of genies. Yeah, in contrast to the concept of genies who are imprisoned yeah. and only grant you three. Nah. I I do love Jamie that you pointed out that Aladdin was still about in eight to nine years from being made. So that means this movie stole from movies didn't that didn't exist, exist yet. yet. It's not. Bruno Matai was moving between the ether. He was stealing creativity from all time. Also, they killed Lao last. Somehow that mattered. Killed Lao last. Uh, his, his bones were so little. little. What does he say about brittle? that? I don't know. Uh, Dakota says something about, like, I liked that boy. His bones were so brittle yeah. or something. Like. Yeah. And then his amazing yellow fury with the echo. Yeah. Did you notice that wonderful echo on his yell after the kid Oh, dies? yeah. Yeah, every time he yells, the, 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 there's like a, a dude off screen that's just like, ah, reverb. There's a <laughs> reverb machine. 
So then we're treated to our first screamed Jacoba. Yep. Right. Uh, Which, are, am I the only one who did not know the name of nope. anyone really before this? He just says, he screams Jacoba, and then he proceeds to scream Jacoba no less than two to three hundred times. And I did not know that that was anyone in the movie at that point. Lau did tell him with his dying breath that the big white man's name was Jacoba. He did. Oh, okay. Yeah, he oh, said. Wow, he's yeah. He's like big white man and woman, and his name was Jacoda, and then like he dies, and that was oh, like okay. the last thing he says, and so that's how he latches on to yelling Jacoda at yeah. that point. Which I then think is the next four pages of dialogue <laughs> yes. is just him screaming Jacoda into the ether while blowing away anything <laughs> that he can find. The f- the next screams Jacoda we get is uh, we get a sequence of Ransom following a, like, squad of uh, Viet Cong soldiers and s- silently pulling one down to question him. And instead of silently questioning him, he goes, Bring me to Jakarta! <laughs> <laughs> they, they... At which point, the rest of the squad should be like, uh-huh. <laughs> They literally say, Major, this Ransom, is he really that good? There's no one who can touch him. In your whole damned army. And he is the worst person (laughs) at sneaking around in the jungle, guerrilla warfare, as he screams. My favorite, probably in the whole thing, and I had to rewind it because I did not understand what he said the first time, which was after he's on the boats or towards the end, and he does the Rambo 2 thing. It's literally the exact same scene where the, like, guy, like, comes over the edge and he like and he has him like choked and he and he grabs the knife and he sticks it through like his midsection. It's literally shot for shot. It is the same scene as the scene in Rambo 2. Uh, and then as the boat is about to explode and he jumps overboard and he just goes, Our Father who art never <laughs> And he jumps into the water and I was like, what? What did what did you just say? Because I literally like he says it it's so fast. Why would you even put a line here? Was that scripted? Was it direction? Was it I a choice? Don't was it a dub choice? I don't know. You can't actually see him say it. Like this might have just no, been. No, it on... was definitely a dub choice. Yeah. This was just like we were like, we need we need more. We we got we gotta get more dialogue in this thing. Right. I mean, yeah, according to Greg, they're all dub choices. I, I... <laughs> I think they only named the Russian character Jakota because it, like, matched all the shots they had of Red Brown screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just could, like, fill his, like, ahs, ahs, and ahs. <laughs> I would say that, yes, uh, cinephiles may point out ways in which this movie is of a lesser quality than Rambo First Blood Part Two. How dare you? <laughs> Again, Jamie can't say that. I can't. <laughs> yeah. All I, all I can say, I did write down, oh, he copied the Rambo machine gun move, because I know that enough from just cultural immersion. Right. And that's all I, all I can prove, that this is a ripoff. Oh, I only recognized it from UHF. Oh, maybe that's what I recognized it from. <laughs> <laughs> I miss this era of gunplay in movies. Where, like, something happened in the 90s where everyone wanted to do, like, gun kata and, like, hold their guns exactly like the operators do and, like, stuff like that. I miss the just, like, waving the gun madly. (laughs) (laughs) Like a magic wand. 
Right, and, and then having a line of people, like, synchronized dive into uh. water. Like, that is so beautiful. I miss it. Well, it was like, it was like <laughs> at the end of the 80s, it was like John Woo changed action movies, right? So it was like, like that's when everyone was like, Oh, okay. It's like you, you just have a bevy of very precise guns and, you know, all these different parts of your trench coat that you pull out. And that definitely made every everything way cleaner and, like, hipper. And, yeah, I mean, action movies for a long time was something that you did not have to have a lot of uh, talent to make. Precision. <laughs> concept of space <laughs> like like let's be real like red brown is a great actor from the neck down like everything and- that everything that he did he's acting in his fucking pecs yep he's <laughs> acting in his quads he he's loses not- his shirt to prove it yeah. unnecessarily oh and then finds it again and his, finds i it again. counted the number of times he he takes his shirt off and then has it on Magically in the next scene the next it's four yeah. <laughs> it's four <laughs> No, but Craig's right. John Woo ruined action movies. <laughs> yeah. Official take. Uh, by reminding audiences that uh, guns work better when you point them. <laughs> Speaking, can, can I, can I ta- talk about sweet montages and, and, and fast forward a little bit. Torture montage? To the torture montage? Yes. Oh, you're getting way ahead of yourself with that torture montage. I'm fast forwarding. This is... Yeah, uh, that torture what? montage, man. Well, it's a torture montage that very quickly becomes like a workout montage. Like, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're making him harder to kill later. <laughs> like, he's just, he's just doing some, like, Olympic lifts and stuff at a certain point. It's where they took some Rocky. They, they were like, okay, let's mix some first uh, blood with some Rocky. But we don't have like, any stairs. No, well, we have a hill. <laughs> we have a, a hill of greenery, and we're going to hit you with bamboo while you walk up it. Um, also, points for low, like, lo-fi filmmaking. Electric torture is genius ah, because so all it takes is good miming. Like, you well, don't need to do right. anything. It takes miming. <laughs> it takes miming. But point taken. The sound. It's just the sound. If there's, there's one thing Red Brown does great, and it's everything. But specifically within <laughs> that is he, he, he mugs like a mug. Man knows how to sell getting electrocuted. Yeah. He knows how to sell my, my best friend, uh, my best uh, boy, little boyfriend just died, oh. and I'm mad about it. What I wanted to bring up was the second half of this movie is, like, a lot of the plot elements and even just, like, fight scenes and, like, set pieces are, like, lifted from uh, First Blood Part Two. But I would say that it, like... It does the thing and then elevates the thing. <laughs> like Greg just mentioned, in First Blood, Rambo's getting choked and then he takes his knife out and like sticks the guy with the knife. He doesn't then jump off the boat, <laughs> recite a little of the Lord's Prayer, and the, and the boat explodes. This is what Strike Commando is doing bigger and better. <laughs> Yes, at the end of First Blood Part 2, Rambo walks into uh, uh, Charles Napier's office with an M60 and shoots up the office. He doesn't then kill everyone working in the office. (laughs) This is what Strike Commando's doing. It's on a higher level. It's doing a little bit more. Like... This movie is extra, t- like, and it's proud of it. Right, and I think you gotta do that when you're making a ripoff yeah. movie. You gotta like do you get you take the elements, then you just give them a little bit. You give them a little nudge. Yep. You give them a little nudge. We're more. all just doing this to have fun, you know. 
And I, I genuinely did. The beginning of the movie it felt a bit of a drag, but like once the movie really kicked in, like it just got more and more fun. Yeah. Like it, 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 it like by the time he's being tortured, uh, uh, and and next to Martin Boomer, oh, the, Matthew Lillard, the, the, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> perfect foil in both he's skinny he's got a very weak voice he's a coward and he makes he hates being tortured (laughs) he hates being tortured as opposed to ransom who freaking loves loves it it. he's having a great time this is club bed for him and then also uh to the antithesis of everyone else in the movie uh, Martin Boomer making some like very prescient points about America's uh, involvement in the Vietnamese conflict. Yeah, <laughs> he, we know he's a coward because he isn't about a forever war in Vietnam. Well, I we know like. he's a coward because he literally calls himself Martin, Martin the, the coward. coward Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is great because it's just like they're like, here's the plot. They just say it. You, you know, it doesn't get tied up in anything. You just know what's happening at any point. And if you don't know what's happening, then it's not important. Yep. Right. And that's, so that is, so for Jamie, mm-hmm. uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two. one of the big moments in that movie is Rambo, while a prisoner okay. is given a chance to, like, speak over a radio and he's being told to, like, sell out or just, like, haul off the rescue effort for him and other POWs and show that the torture has broken him. And then he tells... Rambo then tells uh, Murdoch, who is that movie's uh, Reddick, like that uh, he's coming for you, he knows you sold him out, and then he just beats up the people who's keeping him prisoner. Which is awesome, when he's like, Murdoch, I'm coming for you, Murdoch. I can't believe these all have parallels. Like, I honestly was giving this movie a lot of credit. <laughs> no, 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 that scene, that scene is legitimately shot for shot, from the point when he, like, takes the the microphone, and then he hits the guys behind him, and then there's a guy whom he punches into a wall who he then electrocutes is all in. <laughs> it's all totally first, first blood part two. But again, where this movie elevates it is Rambo uses that moment to like communicate. I'm not giving up. Whereas ransom gives a call to the truth. <laughs> like stay at it. boys. We're going to win this one. My name is Michael ransom. I know the war isn't going very well right now. And so that's the reason I'm telling you guys to hang in there Stop and it. fight like hell Get away from and that. show these bastards who the hell we are. I know the war isn't going well right now. <laughs> I know the the understatement of the I'm loving this, this pirate radio where, the, where their whole idea is to demoralize the troops. That's their big right. thing is they're like... <laughs> they're going to brainwash him. It's going to hurt morale was I what mean, said. We see entire squads of troops listening to it. Obviously, they've got great listenership. <laughs> and you mean newsreel <laughs> news footage? News on parade! Ransom on parade! Like, you mean Getty Images? Well, he's a famous soldier. The whole reason Raddick wants to, like, betray him and get him to be the voice of, like, quit Vietnam Radio is because he's a famous soldier. W-Q-I-C. That's it, that's it. He's like a famous soldier, which 
I don't know. To me, it just means like war criminal, right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 war yeah. criminal, like the soldier that all other soldiers know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the war criminal for sure? Right? Yes, well, that's the worst. That's the one you don't want. That's like that's like sending Jade Bond out and being like, "All right, go for it." <laughs> we haven't forgotten Jade. <laughs> March on Washington, all you want. Yeah. <laughs> We would have won that thing if it weren't for <laughs> damn hot she looked in that tank. <laughs> this movie, oh. it gets so much more fun as it gets going. And I'm yes. just like remembering the last maybe half hour includes him like escaping with the hot Russian babe. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a camo onesie. In a camo onesie. <laughs> realizing the full length of betrayal by Radic. Get, uh, Russian babe killed. Ransom runs away for no reason, hunts down a boat, <laughs> blows it up, <laughs> swims back to shore, finds his shirt, yep. <laughs> then gets in a fist fight with Jakota that is awesome. Come on, get up and see what you can do with your fists. That is like really well shot, really funny. Like there Poorly are points. Edited, but... <laughs> how, how dare you? But also, but like. Poorly edited, not, I mean, you will know better than me, but in my opinion, poorly edited, yes, in that it announces the edits less than it is. It is definitely, like, there are parts where it's confusing, but it's, like, fun. Like, they run at each other, and you think they're going to tackle each other or nothing, but then they just, like, butt heads. Heads, yes. There are so many punches that cut to, like, a close-up reaction that is, like, jarring, but also, like, silly in a way that is a different flavor of silly than the rest of the movie have been. I want to talk about how many endings this movie has. <laughs> he, he, he kills Dakota. I think that's the end of the movie, right? And then... Like, where where then the waterfall go... appears out of nowhere, don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Then he, <laughs> he then punches he, then him he com- to a waterfall. <laughs> we see Jakota fall, camera back up to Ransom, and he goes, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then, and, then, and then we have two or three more endings of the movie. Like, this is the Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, that's a moment of pure cinema, where there is no doubt in my mind that after... Uh, after Dakota goes off the the waterfall, very suddenly, <laughs> they're, they're having a very regular fight. One punch. Nowhere near a waterfall. <laughs> he, 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 the ragdoll of him is thrown off the side. He screams, and then, we're, and then we cut out of the scene. They're, they're like, all right, great, let's go. The fact that he was still alive shouldn't have surprised me, but it totally did. But it got me. And the only thing that has changed is his teeth, which, yep. which presumes that he fell Teeth first into the rocks below. I mean, explains how he survived. Uh, yeah, As it, any orthodontist yeah. will tell you, if you land teeth first off falling off a waterfall. Like, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> you're totally but you're going to lose all your teeth. Yeah. 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 Strongest bones in the human body. <laughs> uh, the skull's airbag, they call teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then he shoots up an office, like, uh, steals a Rambo scene, shoots up an office. An emptied office, yeah. When they go, When they go to Manila at the end... I thought that this was a setup for a sequel, and and then that, that's when I realized I had no idea how much more movie there was. 
I was like, I was like, there could be four more hours of this. I don't know. I don't have a clear sense of where this is going or or how insane how much cocaine Bruno Mattei was on at this point in his career. So it's like, I was like, there, this, I might have just been watching a half hour of a movie. I, like, I did absolutely have the same experience where I like dissociated at a certain point in this movie and was like, I have no idea how long I've been watching. I know this is like a 90 minute movie. I have no sense of where in 90 minutes I am. Yeah. At, you just lose yourself. At any point. Yep. I was like, like there were so many points where I was just like, okay, this is probably end of the first act. I was like, nope, that's not true. Like, there's so many. He goes back and forth and back and yep. here. Like, the movie is jet setting all over the place. Well, I genuinely think because, like uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two, it ends with Rambo threatens Murdoch, and then that's the end of the movie because Murdoch's like a, he's a bad guy, but he's like a more complicated character than Raddick. And I wonder if the ending there wasn't the ending that was he like shoots up the office, and then Major Herman's like he's a traitor. He's gone AWOL. He got away ransom. And then they're like, that's what I thought. Actually, we need more than that. So let's cut to today. <laughs> forward to today. But like. When is today? Is today... <laughs> is The fall of Saigon was 1975, I think I wrote down, because I Googled it. So today, which is when the movie was made, was 1987. So is it 12 years from when Saigon fell, or is it like three months? When, it, when is just today? Been, he's just been waiting. He's just been <laughs> fucking waiting for it. Chronology doesn't matter. Chronology. Really... What is this movie if not just a series of other scenes from other movies jumbled <laughs> yeah. up and put into a like classic Italian? Just like they're like, oh, this scene was good. Oh, I saw this in a in a trailer, and just like <laughs> just throw it in a blender, and then wherever it lands, they put it in a shotgun and shoot it. That's how the script is written. Right, because he gets off the plane. Major Harriman is there. Uh, Red Brown Ransom says, "What's new?" And Major Harriman goes, "Not here." I think that that was Red Brown actually showing up for the shoot. I think that that is... <laughs> right. First day of shooting. <laughs> yeah. We get a, like, way too long scene in a cockfighting arena. <laughs> oh, man. I love that they're going to go catch up somewhere, and they go to the loudest other place. Yeah, well, they can't be talking too much about these unsolicited missions. <laughs> the war is over, Ransom. You can't just be killing a traitor. <laughs> right. So many international treaties. Can we rewind just slightly to talk about how there we go from fist fight with an insane and super quick ending to then a long drawn out scene about the bureaucracy yes. inherent in <laughs> the American war system? <laughs> like like we get a lot of like pontificating right right at the end and i was like that this is the end of the movie here like we're 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 learning the lesson and then it kept going and i was like i was like how what else are we doing and then it's like he shoots up this whole office he kills just everyone uh, an office where everyone has a m16 under their desk <laughs> yeah 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 was the secretary the female viet con that you saw throughout the movie yes okay thank <gasps> you yeah. Because she said, I recognized him, and yeah. then he said his name was Ransom. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like you said, Jamie, it takes place today. It's so right. it's is been it like 12, 12 years, years have passed? <laughs> I just wish, I wish that Bruno Mattei had done what he 
has sometimes done, which is just like throw shit into the future. So like today isn't even today. Today is 2011. Oh my god! Like, oh, <laughs> everyone has cyborg arms and shit. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I, and I don't know if you guys were in the on the same page when he goes to kill Raddick at the end, and he's just going through this office at, like it's. It's the Terminator. This is the police. Yeah. yeah. And it is like, it is amazing. It's not just a ripoff of one movie. It's a ripoff of every movie. It's like, oh, we yeah. can't just, we're not, you know, it's it's Rambo 2. It's Commando. It's Rocky 4. It's, uh, it's fucking Terminator. Like, they, they're just like, get them all in there, baby. Like, if we need to retitle it, we've got reason. Like, if they if they've, they could have put aliens in this and it still would have been like, yeah, sure. Like, of course. Are we sure that Colonel KGB wasn't an alien? Like, he yelled at a uh, cobra and that cobra oh, ran away. He so. lost a staring contest with cobra. <laughs> he had, like, a emotional connection for a moment with the cobra like that he stares at that cobra for a moment where my note that i wrote down was what is the relationship between these two <laughs> because before he shouts at him they connect in a way where like that cobra made jacoda like think about everything jacoda had done that cobra saw him moments before choke an old french drunk out of his sandals <laughs> to death he kills everybody. He kills Raddick with the grenade launcher. He just blows the person up with the grenade launcher. And a lesser movie would have ended there. It didn't. <laughs> it does, but And then it does amplify. Like, grenade launcher death is great. Grenade shoved into metallic mouth is better. <laughs> oh, that was, that was one of the best quips. And, up. and then he shoves the grenade in his jaws rip off mouth full of metal teeth these russian dentists make some pretty good dentures oh also american ski which i'm pretty sure ski is polish I don't think yeah. that that is a uh, a Russian terminology. And at some point, they say, how do you say goodbye in Russian? Alvizane. <laughs> it was confusing. Americanski, though, brought me so much joy every time he said it. Yeah. <laughs> Americanski! Uh, Americanski. Was Dakota just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> just uh, Red Scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, just, yeah, red, yeah. he's, just, he's just Red that's, Scare, right? Hey, Americanski. <laughs> yeah. uh, you coming looking for... Me. No, he calls him Americanski even after a grenade's been shoved in his mouth, it's been blown up. His spirit yells Americanski <laughs> as it ascends out of his body. Where? And then that's not to leave off the final oh. line of the movie where Red Brown, seemingly as a joke, reads the legal notice for the end of the movie, which is fascinating and like like a moment where it was like did they just watch like the holy mountain two days before this and they were like oh what if we like pan out and you see the the film crew also like <laughs> like how was that how was that the thing that you were just like like we have to tie it all up in one snappy ending any uh any, any similarity between persons living or dead especially dead is <laughs> purely accidental yeah. Very accidental. Like one in a million. 
Maybe. Because no, it's not even reading it. It's He's, like yeah. being sarcastic about it. Yeah. yeah. Especially dead. Especially dead. Before I watched this movie, I had a sense, like, the making of a Rambo First Blood Part 2 ripoff would be a sort of, like, craven exercise of, like, money grabbing when something was popular. But that moment, like, makes it badass. That moment, like, <laughs> makes it, like, so cool when they're, like, any similarities is, like, totally by accident. Like, one of the million accidents, like, it's a middle finger to anyone who'd yeah. be like, this is a lame ripoff movie. It's so sick. It's like such a great way to end your like obviously plagiarized movie. <laughs> any similarities between this or any other cinematic film is complete yeah. bullshit. There was like such a feeling of uh, joy. Like it was a, it was a pretty sick ending. Like, it, like, I left feeling, like, really awesome at the yeah. end of this movie. I believe the word is American exceptionalism. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't you mean... Uh, Americansky exceptionalism? Amer- Amer- <laughs> 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 yeah, I can't No, try. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, how does this rip-off report card work? Like, what is... What's the... Okay, so what I was thinking about doing is I highlighted three people, and I was going to just talk about a little bit more of their filmography and then grade them. Uh, no, that sounds great. Ooh, it's the rip-off report card! The rip-off report card! <laughs> okay, we'll do a real thing. Welcome to the Video High Ripoff Report Card, presented to you by The Gap. Yes, The Gap. The Gap Between Your Teeth. The director was credited as Vincent Don, which is an alias for Bruno Mattei. Vincent Don was a, a pseudonym that was made due to the success of Dawn of the Dead. He started off his career with a Dawn of the Dead ripoff called Hell of the Living Dead. <laughs> Which, if you've seen it, basically, it's like a virus turns people into the undead, and then people have to go into the jungle for some reason and figure it out. There is no less than 30 minutes of jungle B-roll. There are (laughs) so many monkeys in that fucking movie. It's insane. The fact that that there wasn't more B-roll in this movie was was legitimately surprising, even though there was a good 10 minutes of of various (laughs) B-rolls. Of helicopters, of explosions, of of helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> of troops just walking along and listening to radios. Yep. But pretty seamless. Like, I can't imagine photography of this movie included a helicopter getting anywhere more than, like, five feet off the ground. But the way it sort of cut between the helicopter B-roll, I thought was actually yep. pretty good. So, later he did a Mad Max ripoff, Rats the Night of Terror, a movie <sighs> yes. that successfully fuses post-apocalyptic insanity with punks in the future being terrorized by rats for some reason. (laughs) Totally unnecessary, like, marauder timeline with a whole universe of people that lived underground, and then there's the people, the less fortunate people who live on the surface, and it makes no sense, and it has the worst dialogue maybe in cinematic history. You're really uh, selling this. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with Greg. Rats, uh, Night of Terror is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> he did an Aliens ripoff called Shocking Dark, 
which is surprising because for a long time its title was Terminator 2. What? Made before what? Terminator 2 Judgment Day, this successfully Incredible. had marketed itself as Terminator 2, even though it has nothing to do with Terminator <laughs> and is an Aliens movie. That's shameless and I love it. Its other titles were also Alien 2 <laughs> and Alienator. Oh, Aliens is my favorite. We put Predator, Rambo, and Robocop together to make Robo War, which is literally commandos are sent into the jungle. They are then suddenly hunted by an alien that is also a cyborg. Also starring Reb Brown. Also starring okay, Reb Brown. Yeah, we need yeah. to. And also featuring footage of that building exploding at the beginning <laughs> of this movie. Oh, we're going to do a retrospective I mean, now. Yeah, we have to. So for all of these reasons, Bruno Mattei gets an A+. Plus. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Absolutely. Well done. So we will now move on to the writer. Also, again, uh, anglicized name Clyde Anderson is an alias for Claudio Fagrasso. Oh, Ooh. why would you give up that name? <laughs> Who I think you and most of our listeners know from... Troll 2. Oh, what? Shoot. He wrote and directed Troll 2. They're gonna eat, eat him. him. And then they're going to eat me. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> yeah, guy loves a good yell. Claudio Fragrasso wrote or slash co-wrote the majority of Bruno Mattei's work that he made, including all of the ones I mentioned. Beyond that... He also did his own Mad Max ripoff called Interzone. He also did a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff, kind of, called Night Killer, which is a slasher movie where a guy terrorizes Virginia Beach with a Freddy Krueger-esque mask on, and it's, it's clearly a mask, and it is referenced as a mask. And he did his own Cujo ripoff called Monster Dog. Oh, this featuring man is Alice a Cooper, writing genius. For these contributions to society, Claudio Fragrasso gets an A plus. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And to move on to Red Brown, our beef chunk hero, fridge large meat, but hard back, punch rock groin, buck plank chest, stump chunkman, rip steak face, slate slab rock, crud bone meal, Bob Johnson. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Red Brown continued to be in Rambo slash Commando ripoffs almost exclusively. He made a career out of making movies that look and feel just like this. He also made Mercenary Fighters, White Ghost, where he plays a, a, a commando living in Vietnam who has to get taken out for some reason. He made a movie with Shannon Tweed called The Firing Line. And then he made two that are sort of Rambo ripoffs merged with Lethal Weapon and a bit of Bloodsport slash Kickboxer called Cage and Cage 2, both with Lou Ferrigno. What? With the Hulk Man, himself? I've got so much to do later. <laughs> and he did, of course, the Star Wars ripoff, Space Mutant. Uh, Rep Brown, we salute you. 
for the fact that you did really just do one genre for your entire career, <laughs> you get some points deducted. But we can give you a solid B plus. Yeah. <laughs> that was the rip off for poor con. Rip off for poor con. Rip off for poor con. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll get the uh, the band club together to, to write us a, no, a real thing. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, anybody have any final lessons to take away from Strike Commando? I think it's that ripoffs can be amazing. Oh, we're, that's all we're going to be. We're, we're going to be plumbing the depths. Here at Video High, we cannot afford the real thing. <laughs> I think, like, well, Jamie can attest. I always say the worst crime a bad movie can commit is being boring right this is the complete opposite of that <laughs> i will like it it hits the ground running and then it just hits the nitrous and then it just keeps going until it launches into the stratosphere my final thoughts just say rocky four meets rambo time and space have no meeting and reb brown loves to yell <laughs> Great final oh, thoughts. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful final <laughs> thoughts. I mean, as I said when we opened this, I think this will from now on be my Rambo, mainly because I don't know if I'll ever get around to actually watching real Rambo, so it, this is going to live in my memory forever. As you were saying, Casey, it does not skimp on the fun or the explosives to the point where throughout this movie, I some had some fears about the safety of everyone on set, but it still looked great. <laughs> <laughs> super fun yeah i think uh i think a lesson i take away from this movie is I, I have two one it's amazing that like the rambo movies after first blood part two are, are a movie series seemingly primarily about a white guy brutalizing uh southeastern asians gave so much work to that independent trashy uh, Southeast Asian film industry is like a fascinating <laughs> thing. Like these movies, there are there were whole careers started, and like so many people get and to, ended. And <laughs> ended. Also, other lesson from this movie specifically: uh, never do with one grenade what you can do with twelve. Yep. This movie is a cocaine-laden spaghetti fried jungle shoot 'em up. That Ooh. I just I can't like the snaps. In a similar vein, there are entire careers made out of movies that are just the boring parts of this movie. Mm -hmm. There are whole directors. I'm looking at you, Antonio Margariti. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're coming for you. We're coming. Oh, my God. Hot takes in the first episode. Yeah, that like, I I've watched whole movies that are... that really just do what this movie does in 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> and the fact that this movie is somehow 90 oh. of total and sheer insanity it yep. really is a testament to bruno mattei being the unsung hero of the italian cinema probably above fellini if we're being honest oh. with ourselves <laughs> I mean, He's funnier than Fellini. Fellini couldn't make a 90-minute movie. 90 minutes, as I've said before, is my love language. <laughs> <laughs> so, before the takes get any hotter, that'll do it for today's lesson here at Video High. On behalf of my fellow classmates, Greg Hansen, Josh Roth, and Jamie Kennedy, and myself, Casey Regan, 
I would like to thank Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabrielle Tessitore of the band Scout Harris for our awesome theme music. Justin Ferraro of the band The Rizzos for all our other music and for sound mixing. And Shearer for our logo. And of course, our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe. Thank you all so very much. Our next episode will be 1992's Kung Fu Rascals, directed by Steve Wang. So consider that your required watching, and then find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts to join the class. Well, okay, guys, I feel like that's Strike Commando. We know, yeah, all right, I think we know how to yep. end this episode. Jacoda! Jacoda! Strike Command demands justice! <laughs> <laughs>